Hey guys, welcome to this episode of Nick Talks. Today I wanted to talk about the Meghan Markle and Prince Harry interview with Oprah, which I watched last night, which aired, I believe, a few nights ago. Um, it's very interesting, very interesting timing, because I was planning on doing this episode anyway. Um, but I was talking about it on TikTok live this morning, because I go on TikTok every morning to do my makeup, you know, talk about anime, talk about current events, whatever. I was talking about the interview. I was talking about some of the stuff that Megan was going through with her son, how they were like trying to strip his title, how some of the things that happened to her happened to me, how it feels like we're not safe no matter where we go. Like, you know, the more elite spaces that we occupy as black people, the more danger we seem to be in. And TikTok cut my live off. Um, they suspended my account from live streaming for a week for talking about controversial material, which is, you know, bullshit and very, very interesting because um, the last time this happened to me or the last time TikTok threatened to take down my live was when I was talking about Vanessa Guillen last summer. Vanessa Guillen was the uh, soldier who was killed in Fort Hood by um, uh, by one of the people that killed her or, or assisted in the murder or was the man who allegedly sexually assaulted her. She tried to go get help from her chain of command. They did absolutely nothing. Um, it became very evident for from the events that transpired that it was probably a setup, most definitely a setup, like somebody knew that she was getting killed. Um, and that was the last time that TikTok threatened to take down my live. And so it's very, very interesting, this theme of outright talking about racism on live streams and such um, has gotten this this reaction from the app, from the platform, especially knowing um, from inside insider information that I have gotten that there are people behind the screen with uh, with buttons, basically choosing who to suppress, who to ban, who to this, who to that. Like they are, they're definitely out there. It's not all the algorithm. There's people doing this, and I find it very interesting that this would be a topic that powers that be would not want anyone to talk about. I found it very interesting. Um, but um, I submitted an appeal, so we'll see what happens with that. Uh, I did a rant on on YouTube about it, so you can find out more about that. But this, I want to, I, I still want to use this episode to occupy space for what I what I thought about the interview. And like I said, it was very, very disheartening um, to see, you know, just how much turmoil Megan was going through. Uh, she revealed that, you know, at a certain point, she told Harry that she didn't want to be alive anymore because of all of this, all this torture, all of this, this shit in the media. They're calling her the straight up N word, hard R, monkey, like all of these things. And the royal family basically promised her that she would be protected, that she would be protected from these tabloids, protected from this slander, protected from all of this. And they did not do that. They did absolutely nothing. As a matter of fact, uh, you know, one of the things that hit me the hardest was the fact that um, apparently, like, there was a story that, you know, Megan made Kate 
cry over some drama with the flower girl dresses or something for the wedding, for Megan and Harry's wedding. And it turns out, according to Megan, that actually it was the the reverse, that Kate apparently did or said something very insensitive that made Megan cry. And they made amends and everything and, and apologized. But for some reason, months later, the story came out and it was very interesting that it was switched, that Megan was the one that made Kate cry. And honestly, I really can't help. I really can't help but think of the phenomenon of white women's tears and how white women's tears is always weaponized against black women when we try to speak out when we try to stand up for ourselves shit when we when we were just trying when we're just trying to exist when we're just trying to exist and it's just it's out of this world that you know in 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 reality Kate was the one that made Megan cry made made Megan cry and then they turned that narrative around to make Kate the victim whoever it was that leaked that story um I couldn't help but think about that phenomenon, and it would, that's just absolutely disgusting. Um, the fact that um, they stripped Archie of his title as prince and told her, told her and Harry that he would not be receiving security or anything that all the other members of the royal family get, and not giving them an explanation as to why. Um, even though it seems pretty obvious of what the reason was, um, especially when, you know, it was revealed that certain family members who they would not disclose because I don't blame them, they don't, don't want that drama. Certain family members had conversations with Harry about how dark his son's skin would be, which honestly is comical because Megan is a black woman, but she is mixed race like myself and she's quite light skinned. And so the like it just shows the level of para fucking noia, the level of paranoia that you have to have in order to have that conversation with Harry, like ginger of all gingers, who is having a child with Meghan Markle, who, like I said, is black, but is definitely light on the lighter side of black, mixed race, like not even fully black. And you have that much paranoia to worry about the skin color of their child. Like just to like just to have that conversation period is disgusting but like how much paranoia do you have to have to see two light-skinned people that are going to have a baby and you're afraid of the skin color like how stupid can you possibly fucking be how stupid can you possibly be it's disgusting absolutely disgusting um and um i guess like that's something that we did not know before um i noticed you know you know, Oprah, you know, she kept asking questions as, you know, why do you think this was? Why do you think this transpired? You know, what do you think were the underlying tones? And I know I noticed that Megan like reluctantly, very reluctantly talked about the race element of it, um, which I can understand and identify. Maybe I'm reading it wrong. Maybe I'm reading it wrong. I don't want to. I really don't want to, you know, make the mistake of reading her wrong. But it seemed like she was reluctant to bring that into the conversation. And I completely, I completely understand that because, you know, as a black woman who suffered things that are like definitely, they, that, that, that definitely have racist undertones, even still, you're scared to be the one to bring up the quote unquote race card 
because you don't want to be that angry black woman. You don't want to be that person who is playing the race card as if it's some sort of fucking draw four in Uno that like nobody, like it's like it's a, it's like a, a card that nobody can defeat, and you're gonna use it in a cheap way when it's like. No, I'm not making it up. I'm not playing a card. This is not a game. This is my life. This is what happens. But I can still sympathize with feeling reluctant to bring that up um, for fear of being looked at in that way, especially after everything that Megan has been through. Um, especially after that. I noticed that Harry was definitely way more... We're way more willing to dive into the conversation about this being very much about race, um, about the racist undertones, about, you know, the tabloids being blatantly racist to Megan, you know, about, you know, some of the things that his family has said. Like, he was much more willing to dive into that. And I can't help but think that it's because, you know, Harry has been very public about, you know, doing the doing his homework as a white man, as probably the pinnacle of white privilege in this on this planet the prince <laughs> the a prince a royal prince um and he has been extremely vocal about that about you know doing the work about exploring unconscious biases um he even admitted that he really didn't wasn't even aware of unconscious bias that much until he met Megan and and he has been very very vocal about doing the work and i'm pretty sure that with doing the work, he's very much aware that with the privilege that he has, he has the privilege to be able to speak about these things much more freely than his wife can. And I, and I could really see him take the reins on that. And that was very interesting to see. Um, it was very sad to see how it all of this affected both of them. Um, the fact that Megan was suicidal and looking for help um, and they were basically and they basically denied her that access to help. And it was probably and it was pretty much like, oh, yeah, poor thing. But no, pretty much walk it off. And when I say I've gone through some similar things in the Air Force, I was talking to my husband. It, you know, it, it really it hit home too hard for both of us because, you know, when I was going through my harassment case in the Air Force with my commander and I, you know, I hit basically a break uh, and I remember the day it happened, and I and I I, I hit this break um, where I was like, I can't do this anymore. I can't I can't survive this anymore. Like I have to get out. And I knocked on every door that I possibly could knock on. I walked around the base like I had to hide. Like I hid my car so that nobody would see me because I knew she had people following me. I knocked on every door to try and like get out of the air force basically, because I'm like, I can't do this. I'm falling apart. I cannot live another day. I'm not eating. I'm not sleeping. I'm screaming every day, like help me. And the summary of what happened to me is basically they were like, Oh, walk it off. Um, even the un undertones coming from the mental health clinic on base. Um, and from whom was another black woman, by the way, and was basically like, Oh, you'll be fine. And nobody was hearing me or nobody wanted to hear me, that I was hurting, that I was in danger. Um, nobody wanted to hear that. And I heard the exact same words come from Harry and Megan's mouth. And that was so disheartening 
that Harry, I think it was Harry specifically that said, like, I went and knocked on every door that I could possibly knock on, every door that was supposed to, you know, have somebody that's supposed to help us. And they all completely failed. They failed to protect us. And hearing that come out of his mouth, I was just like, wow, it it happens there, too. It happens there, too. You know, all of these things happening without explanation, taking their son's title away. You know, when I was in the Air Force going through this shit with my racist ass commander, she would not let me go and get training um, for my job. I was required to tell her where I was at every moment of every day, every hour on the hour. I was followed like all of this shit, this extra stuff that was not done to other to 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 the people of non-color in the office the way that kate was obviously favored above megan and it was like a megan they tried to make it a megan versus kate and kate is obviously the poor white woman the fact that the lieutenant that was under me the lieutenant that i outranked in my unit was highly favored by her and given all the accolades. She left him in charge of the squadron when she was gone, like basically made him a master over me. Um, All of this shit, it, it just felt so, so very familiar. It felt so, so very familiar. And then, you know, them taking the security away from not only Megan, not only Archie, but from Harry himself like taking his security away and then cutting them off financially, cutting them off financially, like all of these things that just have just never been done before. And all Harry did was marry a black woman. That's all he did. And, and then all of this shit transpired that has literally never been done before. And the fact that Harry basically said that if it wasn't for the money, that Diana left him, they would be struggling financially. Just to think of that, like to a prince, like you, like the hate for this woman was so strong that you would, like just the thought of Prince Harry not being able to be financially stable for no reason is just mind boggling. And it just shows how fucking far they would go to alienate this family, to alienate Megan. And it's just, it's absolutely disgusting. And, you know, the whole thing boiled down to they left because they weren't getting the support they need needed. They left because they were not getting the protection that they needed. And I sympathize with it. Like I said, I do. I left the Air Force because I didn't get the support I needed. My mental health disintegrated like I'm no I'm nowhere the person that I used to be and I have so much more work to do like you know when Megan was talking about being suicidal and not wanting to live and all of that and and she was like that it was very scary to me because I'm not this person I've never been like this before and like I said I sympathize with that too because when I started having those thoughts back then I felt the same way I was like what is going on I've never been this person before like this experience changed me in a way that I couldn't like I could never I could never have fathomed or could never have um anticipated before and so um, just 
like I said, just watching her go through that was extremely painful. Um, definitely teared up a few times. Um, and like I said, it, it just really hits home to where like, we are not safe anywhere. Like this is the plight of being a black woman. Um, another thing is that Harry noticed that things really, really got bad when they got back from their Pacific tour, I believe of the, with the Commonwealth or whatever. And, um, and it was very evident that Megan was very good at being a princess, basically. Like, she was just, like, it just came naturally to her. And it was insinuated, basically, that there was some jealousy there. Um, some jealousy that she was taking so well to it. And, you know, for Harry, it really didn't fucking make sense. Because he was like, you know, there's a really, there's a big opportunity here for you guys as the royal family to, you know, demonstrate your dedication to diversity and inclusion um, and the fact that so many other girls around the world can see Megan and be like, wow, there's a princess that looks like me. Like Harry basically he was like, I don't understand what, why you're all up in arms about this shit. But he did notice that, you know, there was some element of jealousy there. And that's, you know, another plight, like I said, of being a black woman is that, you know, you are not allowed to, in any field you're at, you're not allowed to underperform. Uh, because if you underperform, you will um, you will be targeted. Um, you will be targeted more heavily. You will be punished more severely than your, your lighter skin, your white counterparts. Um, even last year, you know, the Air Force came out with an article that said that according to an inspector general investigation, black airmen are punished disproportionately more than white airmen. Not to say that they don't, you know, they're not, they didn't do the things that they're being punished for, but the, but that white airmen are way more likely to get a slap on the wrist for something that a black airman will probably be kicked out of the Air Force for, essentially, and so you can't underperform. You can't be, you know, anything less than perfect or average. Um, but you can't be too good either. And and it's like, you know, what fate do you choose? You can't, you can't, and you also can't be average. You also can't be average um, because if you're average, then you're not valuable. You have to be a magical, exceptional Negro or nothing at all, basically. And so you can't be average or else you don't matter. But if you are too good at what you do, if you're too good at what you do, then you also take on the danger of possibly making people jealous. And then that makes you a target. So basically any, like, <laughs> you know, no matter what you do, you are a target for different reasons. And sometimes being exceptional can paint a bigger target on your back than being less than exceptional than being average or below average whatever that means in whatever field sometimes that can paint an even bigger target on you and that's terrifying and it seems like that's one of the things that happened with Megan um and it's one of the things that I've seen happen to so many people of color in the air force that I've served with that they were just so fantastic at their job that it did garner a lot of jealousy and it resulted in people wanting to cut them down to size, um, you know, 
bring their ego down a bit, um, even though like, you know, they can completely back up their, their, their abilities, um, you know, with their skills. But this idea of bringing somebody down a size, bringing the ego down a size is as if there's this, like this unconscious, unconscious feeling that a, a black person with pride is dangerous and how dare a black woman feel good about herself? How dare she feel confident? How dare she outperform, uh, you know, these other white women? How dare she? She needs to be cut down to size. You know, she needs to be taught a lesson. Like, you need to learn that it's not all about you. You need to be more humble. Like, these are all things that I heard. These are all things that were excuses for the torture and harassment that I went through. Um, This idea of having to cut us down to size when we get too big or we get too successful um, and we outperform other people. And so, and, and because of that, it seems that, like I said, in the more elite the space that you are in, it seems even there's even more danger for that to happen to you. Um, it happens in the workplace. It happened to me in the Air Force. And then to see it happen in the royal family with Megan, um, like I said, it it proves, it shows that, you know, no matter, like, the, the more elite spaces you occupy as a black person, the more danger that there is for this to happen to you. And it makes it, honestly, it makes success scary. It makes hoping for good things scary. Um, and, and even something as simple as, you know, the dream come true of marrying a prince. It makes things like this scary. Um, because I think in the back of our minds, we know that, you know, once we achieve greatness, they're going to come for us to pull us down so that we can have a very long fall. And that is terrifying. Um, and it's a thought that I, it's, these are thoughts that I have all the time. Honestly, it is absolutely terrifying. Um, you know, we saw without Obama, you know, whether you agree with his policies or not, as the first black president, he went through so much racism. He and his family, like calling Michelle a fucking ape or, you know, trying to defeminize her, you know, um, fucking like <laughs> Obama wearing a tan suit and that being the fucking scandal of the century with Obama wearing a fucking tan suit. It's like, you can't do, you really can't do anything. It's like, whatever you do, they're going to twist it into a way to paint you as incompetent or evil and, you know, now they're in, they're launching an investigation on Megan that she bullied the, the 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 staff members that she was terrorizing the people that worked for her work for her. And it's just it's classic, classic smear campaign stuff. Um, all the things that they did to her, they are now going to turn around and project that onto her and make her the villain, of course. Again, things that I am all too familiar with, all too familiar. Um, Like I said, it really, really hurt. It hurt very much to watch that interview um, because it showed that there is nowhere on earth that 
we are safe from this possibility. There is, there is nowhere. And the bigger you go, the more risk there is that something like this can happen to you. And, and like I said, it makes success scary to a lot of us. And I believe that's by design. It's, it's by design. Like what better way to keep a group of people down than to make the idea of success and prosperity terrifying because of what comes with it? Um, you know, what better way to do that? And overcoming that fear to keep on pressing on is, uh, it's immense. It's, it's immensely hard. And it's like, you have to, you have to, you know, figure out what's worth it to you. Um, for me, the Air Force was not worth it to press on. For me, doing this, being an entertainer, being a public figure, talking, like speaking out my truth, speaking to people, hopefully helping them feel better and shit. Um, like to me, that's worth it. Um, I guess I've decided and, you know, and I continue to battle my PTSD and depression from what I went through in the Air Force. And I carry that with me and, you know, in some way, um, it protects me, but, um, that's, uh, <laughs> it's an interesting and it's a terrible catch 22. That's for sure. Um, but in summation, honestly, you know, good on Harry for being a real fucking man for stepping up and saying, we're not going to take this for him seeing, you know, this happened to his wife, that the same things were happening to that happened to his mom and his shitty father failed to protect his wife. Probably he didn't probably because he didn't want to. Um, and it was really, really nice to see Harry step up and protect Megan. It was it, honestly, it was just, it was refreshing to see someone step up and protect this black woman to protect a black woman in this predicament, um, to stand up for her, to, to be her, um, to be her support, to be her advocate. It was very refreshing to see that, um, Harry did not give two fucks, one fuck, two fuck, red fuck, blue fuck, <laughs> uh, when it came to Megan and his child, to his family. And that was very refreshing to see good on Harry for that good on them for leaving that awful situation. Um, again, something I can relate to because, you know, because of what I went through in the air force, my husband was forced with the possibility of having to go on the run. And so he made plans, you know, to go on the run, which I didn't fucking know until very recently. Um, it's the fact that Harry and Megan stayed with Tyler Perry for a few months, um, you know, after they removed, uh, after they removed security from Harry, um, that is just absolutely, it's just absolutely insane. Absolutely insane. Um, but I am, <laughs> I'm glad to see that they are, you know, they're living, you know, quietly and safely and doing what they love. They've got their family. They have a little girl on the way. That is so, so cool. Um, it really goes to show that, you know, in the end, nothing is more, um, nothing is more important than your peace of mind, um, than, you know, personal security and peace of mind. There's nothing more important than that. And, uh, that's very evident when you see these two and how they are now. Um, and, um, you know, hopefully most of, hopefully the pain is over. Like I'm not even going to say most, I hope that all of the pain 
is over. Um, I, <laughs> I honestly wish all of the turmoil in the world on the royal family because things like this happen way too often and I'm sick and tired of people getting away from away with it and I hope that more things come to light that are completely damning to these pieces of trash I really really fucking do um because the things that 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 I heard on this interview were disgusting and I am sick and tired of um I'm sick and tired of these villains being able to continuously do this um hopefully one day hopefully one day these things can come to an end probably not like as you know racism really never goes goes away it just evolves it just it really just evolves first there was slavery they got rid of slavery but then they imposed jim crow laws they got rid of jim crow laws but then there was segregation and redlining and they got rid of segregation kind of now there's police brutality um and you know now with in this day and age of social media there is um i think you know you know more things are coming to light um in you know in having to deal with that police brutality and such you know it it never really goes away it just evolves and we just keep evolving with it in ways to protect ourselves from it and that's very sad um but um but yeah i think you know i think everyone should everyone should watch this interview if they can um you know because it is you know it like i said it is very telling of what risks we run <laughs> as black women just existing in the world a, and, a, and a light-skinned black woman no doubt a light-skinned black woman who in the media very much they have disgustingly compared her to other black women like oprah and deemed her you know you know attractive and desirable as opposed to these dark-skinned women that's completely disgusting um, not unbelievable, but definitely disgusting. Um, you know, it a light-skinned woman, no less, and, and that did not matter to them at all. That did not matter to them at all. All that mattered is that she was black, and because of that, she was a threat. Um, so if you haven't seen the interview, you can watch it on CBS, uh, on the CBS app. Uh, I believe there's some extra stuff that was left out of the main interview that I have yet to watch and I still kind of want to. But if you want to watch the entire thing, it's about an hour and a half long. So it's quite a time commitment, but I do think it's worth it. Um, um, and um, it's it's about high time that Megan um, gets that Megan got to um, basically communicate and speak out her side of everything that happens because all we've seen is tabloid bigotry and a complete failure of that shit royal family to protect her and her family and uh, she deserves her day in the sun and she got it and if you are interested in supporting her in that way I would say go watch that interview definitely worth your time but anyway 
Thank you so much for listening to this very long, but I had to get it out, very long episode of Nick Talks. Please don't forget to follow me on my other social media at Nikki Marina, N-I-C-Q-U-E-M-A-R-I-N-A. That's on Instagram, TikTok, and Twitter. I talk a lot of shit on Twitter, so follow me on Twitter. <laughs> um, and then also follow me on YouTube as well at Nikki Marina. Um, but until next time, guys, this has been Nick Talks and I will see you or you'll be hearing me, whatever. (laughs) Hey guys, this is Nikki Marina, comedy content creator, recording artist and actor, and you are listening to Nick Talks. Hey guys, this is Nikki Marina. Thank you so much for listening to Nick Talks. If you like these free episodes, please go and become a Vibranium level patron on Patreon so that you can have full access to all episodes of Nick Talks, including some really awesome exclusive interviews with some fellow uh, people in the anime community on TikTok and such. So go to patreon.com slash Nikki Marina to check out the Vibranium tier so you can get access to all of those. But for now, enjoy these free episodes.